0: Welcome to the Deadly Divas, true
1: crime stories and investigations. We're your hosts, Michelle and Brie.
2: than two weeks now since 24-year-old Jennifer Kessie disappeared. Jennifer has vanished. What could have happened? Where could Jennifer be?
0: As the days pass by, there's been few answers and even fewer leads.
2: Someone out there knows something. How could someone just vanish? But she did. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This can't be happening.
0: Detective, it's been 14 years. Where is Jennifer Kessie?
2: We miss Jen every single day. Hello, I'm Jennifer Kessie. It's her laughter. It's her wit. It's just her loving nature.
0: I think of her all the time. We were inseparable. Our friendship never wavered. Just the greatest friend I've ever had.
2: In January 2006, Jen was on top of the world. She was in love.
1: I remember Jennifer giving me her phone number. She's like, I don't ever do this. I could spend hours on the phone talking to her. Couldn't have
2: been happier. She had a great job, had just gotten promoted. She had just bought her first condo with her own money. Life couldn't have been any better for her. On the morning of January 24th, 2006, we got a phone call. Was Jennifer okay? She didn't show up for work today. Totally out of character for Jennifer. So out of character.
0: Something's wrong.
2: Something was wrong.
0: Was there any evidence of a forced entry? No. There was no blood on the ground.
2: Mm-mm.
0: The Orlando Police Department. They worked it very hard.
2: Thanks for joining us tonight, I'm Lewis Bolden. Joyce and Drew Kessie organized searches. They were standing on street corners, holding signs, begging, pleading for anyone to please help them find their daughter. Nothing panned out. Nothing, absolutely nothing.
0: She's been missing for more than two years.
2: 10 years ago. 12
0: long years. 13 years later. 14 years.
2: Now it's our turn.
0: So not only am I looking at Jennifer Kessie's parents, I'm looking at the two lead detectives right now on this case.
2: Yes. Yes. Us and our team. I'm a private investigator,
0: and I'm working for the Kessie family.
2: We have to find her. (laughs) Oh my god, we've got to find her.
0: There are people out there who know exactly
1: what happened to Jennifer Kessie. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Deadly Divas podcast. We're so happy to have you joining us again. We are very sorry for being MIA the last few weeks. Bree has started a new job, and I have started classes up again, so things are crazy hectic, but we are back, and we're ready to start putting out some new content for you guys. So thank you for your patience, um, thanks for bearing with us, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Also, side note, if you hear sniffing, like you might be able to hear in the background right now, or obnoxious snorting... That is my adorable little rescue dog, Rosie. She is quite the character, and she has separation anxiety. And if she's not in the studio with us, she just cries the whole time. So she's usually on one of our laps, cuddled on... The floor doing something but you can always hear her snort at the most inconvenient times and we apologize for that we were cutting them out at first but then it just got to be too much so oh my goodness hello oh there's your snort there's your snort you want to say hi do you want to say hi
0: what is
1: that what is it <gasps> we're gonna put a picture of rosie on our Instagram page so you guys can put a face to the snort. Hey guys, welcome back to the Deadly Divas podcast.
0: We are so happy to have you joining us again. So today we are going to be discussing Jennifer Cassie. She is still a missing person. She went missing in 2006. It is a cold case today that's actually not even being investigated by the police currently. Her family, her parents specifically, ended up getting all the case files handed over to them. Well... They had to pay for them.
1: They had to sue the they Orlando had to, yeah. Police Department for them.
0: Only because, uh, I guess, in Orlando, if it's not a classified as a cold case, they won't hand over the files. And I guess they also said they refused to classify it as a cold case until eventually the family and them were able to work out some sort of deal where they basically said they would no longer investigate the case and they would hand everything over to the family. So the family is now doing all the investigation with their own personal team.
1: Interestingly, when this case first arose in the media, I was actually in Orlando. And I didn't realize this That's until... crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize this until later. So she went missing January of 06. Mm-hmm. I was there in February of that year and you know i watched the documentaries about the Kessies and uh, their search for jennifer during those first few months and i mean they said they were standing on street corners for months there were billboards and posters and like just urgency everywhere mm-hmm. and i'm like i definitely would have passed a lot of those yeah probably you passed probably did her just parents noticed what it was well and i was also like 10 years old right yeah that's the right? thing i was like yeah. a 10 year old you don't necessarily notice those kinds of right. things right It just kind of gives me chills to think back, you know, 14... How many years ago was it? 2006? 2006, so... 2021... 15 years. Yeah. So to think back... At that moment, we were 15 years closer... To finding the person who did this because every day that went by obviously you're a little bit further away Mm -hmm. but to know that i was there that soon after it happened it just kind of it makes me think like was that person still in the orlando area probably
0: did you pass that person at some point in time yeah and then
1: to go back 14 years later because i went back last year or the year prior sorry um And, like, went to that actual apartment complex where her car was dropped. And that infamous video of that suspect walking along the path in front of that gate. They still had the same camera set up. They still had, I mean, everything was the same 15 years later. It literally gave me chills. And my friend who was with me, Taylor, shout out to Taylor. She was like, why are we going to basically this terrible part of town to go where a missing girl's car was was (laughs) discarded basically and she god love her i love her because she just like i think she was she thought i was probably crazy She she probably just truly thought I was crazy. Because she's like, do not get out of your vehicle. We are staying in the car, you know? (laughs) I'm like, but it'll just be a quick picture. Like, I wanted to get a picture of this gate. I wanted to get... Just so that I could you know gauge how tall it truly is because in the surveillance video yeah
0: you love to investigate all that stuff yes in yeah. the surveillance video like you were talking about the height you were like right but then if you look at it the angle like it's she was all digging into this oh photo. yeah no it's
1: all about like the angle and the distance the person was from that fence and you know how tall that person was in comparison to the fence and all these things that go into it but when i got there i was like holy shit like this gate is so high. Like, mm-hmm. I've I've really never seen a pool gate that high. And um, it's misleading when you look at the surveillance footage and the photos.
0: I've definitely had heard of this case before you mentioned it to me. I had watched, like, a 2020 on it. You know I love my 2020. But um, really, you were the one that has really followed this case. And I think part of being so drawn to it is that there's a lot of similarities in how she is, especially in how you are now. Similar age, twenty-four, 24, 24 living by yourself. Yep, an apartment complex. I, I in a new city. New city. The way her parents describe her as being so safety conscious and everything does remind me of... It reminds me of you and myself. So, I think she's very relatable to you. So, I feel like that's part of the reason you've been so drawn into this case is you could see a lot of yourself. And and that's scary when you can see a lot of yourself in a victim because you could think it could have been me. It could have been my best friend. It could have been my sister. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what draws people into these cases because you definitely, when you can identify, I think it almost pushes people harder to want it solved. Because your mind is going there to thinking, what if it was me? What if it was somebody I loved?
1: Mm-hmm. Her family said that she was so safety conscious, like, even more safety conscious than I am. Like, she wouldn't go get gas at night. She wouldn't go outside at night, like, if it was dark by herself. She would not answer the door Um, for people that she didn't know. Like, stuff like that. Um, Always on the phone with somebody? Yes, and when her... In those situations, if she had to be. When maintenance came to do some work in her apartment, you know, they were saying how the maintenance workers would just kind of let themselves in and normally would just do the work in the apartment and then let themselves out. But she would actually come home from work on her lunch break let them into the apartment and then she would have she would stand in her doorway with the door open on the phone with her father while they did the work and then she would let them out and then lock up that is to me I mean that's super safe but that's Mm. like a bit extreme like I don't even think that I would go that far like I I let maintenance in here all the time whether I'm home or not and yeah. I don't really worry about it but she was she was feeling uneasy about those maintenance workers and the workers that were around the complex at the time because they
0: were you know they would stare at her while she would walk to her car and I was going to say to preface that right she, her family she had told her family before any of this that the maintenance workers were starting to make her feel uncomfortable. They were staring a lot. They would even make little comments to her. I'm assuming it was some cat calling and probably some inappropriate things that every now and then men well, like to yell at women and think it's acceptable. But. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess her dad in one of the interviews was like, if they say one word to you, like one word were complaining about it. That being said, they could have said something and she was like, I'm not getting my dad involved in this. He's gonna, he's gonna just freak out about it and worry about me, yada yada. She probably was like, okay, I'm not gonna mention this to him. I'm just gonna, I can deal with it on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't believe that those men didn't say something to her.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure in one of the interviews he said that she mentioned them making little comments Mm -hmm. and there being chatter when she went by. I don't know that she necessarily could identify what they said, but maybe it was like uncomfortable staring with chatter only while she walked by or something. I mean, again, that's that whole you see somebody in a restaurant staring at you. And then they whisper, you think they're <laughs> talking about you. It's uncomfortable. I think it's the staring that makes you feel like, one, people are talking about you. And two, like, it's just uncomfortable. Nobody likes to be stared at. No. And it makes you feel like you're being watched. And that's, it feels like a violation of your privacy. Mm-hmm. So,
1: And she had just gotten this new job. She had graduated university. She had moved to Orlando. She had, you know, gotten this great job. And... She was loving life. She had just gotten back from vacation with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. The apartment complex was actually no longer an apartment complex.
0: Uh, It was being turned into condos. Well, she had also moved in there for safety as part of it. It was supposed to have... Gates. Security. Security cameras, supposedly. A security gate that was supposed to have security guards posted there, checking people in and out. Mm -hmm. Which, again... They come to find out during the investigation, like, none of this is working. No camera's working. Because... Security gate not active people, not checking people in because they were undergoing all this construction. And it was only like half filled. It was like 50% of the apartment complex was filled and the other 50% completely empty.
1: And who would know that? Who would have that information? The people that were working on the complex. They would know which apartments were occupied, which apartments were not, where the closest person is, um...
0: They would know that she's living alone. Um, And security, too. If security comes and goes, do they have to check in? Does anybody... Can anybody identify them? And I think
1: they were just getting lazy, and they said, you know what? These guys are coming and going all day long, every 10 minutes. We're just going to leave the gate open. Mm -hmm. You know, our res. There's only, you know, half capacity of residents here. Like, let's just, you know... Nothing's going to happen. And lo and behold...
0: Everything is... Nothing's going to happen no. in our little small town. And in our gated community.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, Orlando at the time... That area is quite nice now. But at the time, it was not the nicest spot. And... And... <laughs> um, her parents get a phone call from her boss, who was friends with them. So that's why he reached out to them. Because he was concerned. That she didn't show up for work, and she was always early for work. She was always, you know, um, you know, hardly ever missed a day of work. It was very like odd behavior, and she doesn't show up. The parents start calling her phone. It goes straight to voicemail. She was told that she must answer the phone when her parents call, but the fact that it went straight to voicemail was like, her dad was like, okay, that that's not good. That's That means her phone is off or dead or something, but she's... He knew she wasn't ignoring his calls. So he knew that something was wrong. And that's when the whole family left Tampa and started driving right to Orlando to go figure out what was going on. Literally that day, as soon as it happened. Yep. They They knew. They knew something was wrong. It wasn't like, oh, she does this all the time. You know, she's independent. No, it was like, get there.
0: When it comes to different cultures and, like, specifically when they talk about, in this case, how a lot of the workers were... Hispanic and they were like oh they didn't want to talk to us that must mean they're guilty they know something and then they ended up finding out that like a lot of them were undocumented I don't think it had necessarily obviously 50 of them weren't in on the case right they just didn't want to talk because they were undocumented and fearful that they would get sent back like I feel like maybe they might have known something, not known what happened to her, but seen something that day. But you're not going to come forward if it could cost you your life and your livelihood. And I mean life when I say that because the fear of going back and being deported could mean you could get murdered when you go back into your country. So I think we have to remember that in this case when they're so hot on the workers and how their behavior was it was not initially the police that they weren't wanting to
1: speak with jennifer kessie's brother was the first to show up that Mm -hmm. day on the scene and he noticed a van a white van with these workers in it and basically he
0: asked them like you know have you seen my sister what some white guy comes up to me and is frantically yelling, his sister's missing. You know he was upset. You know he was not like, excuse me, sir, can I talk to you? No. First off, again, if they're illegal immigrants and he's approaching them, they may not speak English. So this white guy's coming up to them, yelling into their van English that they may not speak. Like, one, they don't know what he's saying. Two, he's yelling at them. And they don't know who he is.
1: All I'm saying is... Okay. They're in a van. Mm -hmm. So clearly they have driver's licenses. They live in Orlando, Florida. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I assume they have driver's licenses. I assume because
0: they're driving. Half the people that come into the jail are in jail because they were driving without driver's licenses. (laughs) Okay. And they're not even like worried about being deported in the country. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of the most common things to get pulled over for and get in trouble for. Driving without a license. Okay, so your thoughts on the brother
1: arriving and saying frantically, my sister is missing. Have you seen her? Did you see anything? Not in an accusatory way, but just help me. There's clearly been something that bad that's happened, and... Um, They were acting very strange. To not even acknowledge the person. If you don't speak English, which, you know, we don't know if they
0: did or not. You're assuming that they didn't speak English. I'm not assuming. I'm saying that's a high possibility. So, for him to be so gung-ho on, they wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't even, like, respond to me. Okay. One, they might not have known what you were saying. Two, if some got... Especially in today... Maybe this is me being paranoid. If some guy comes up to my car and I don't know who he is and he's, like, frantically talking to me, I'm sorry. I'm not rolling down my window.
1: No, but these were two men. Okay? It's different. Number one. And number two, even if you don't understand English, you can look at the person in the eyes and just give them a nod or shake your head no or wave them off. He said that they were looking straight ahead. They weren't even turning their head. They were purposefully ignoring him. And he got this gut instinct that something was not right. This was moments after they realized that Jennifer hadn't shown up for work. This was not, you know, two, three days later. So nobody, nobody had anything to be afraid of like they wouldn't have seen this on the news or heard this in the media and thought oh my gosh this this guy thinks we have something to do with it we need to be careful he was asking a question <laughs> for them to be staring blankly not even speaking with each other clearly ignoring him it is very odd to me that's not normal behavior that's odd behavior and he had this inkling he had this gut feeling that They had something to do with it, or they knew who had something to do with it.
0: So, again, you're saying there's no reason for them to be fearful. But if the people he happened to approach in the van were illegal immigrants, they do have something to be fearful of. They don't know this person you you do forget I work with ICE detainees and I do speak Spanish. So when they come in the jail and I'm talking to these people, it's a fear thing. A lot of times they if you don't speak the language, you're fearful you're going to get deported, you clam up. It's this like fear deer in the headlights and especially if somebody's approaching you that you do not know and they're kind of coming And I'm not saying he was coming at them. I don't know how he approached them. But I can imagine if my sibling had gone missing and I was trying to ask people and I felt like somebody wasn't cooperating with me, I'd probably start to get a little agitated and raise my voice and start to get a little frantic. So I can imagine that the way they were approached, maybe not... It might not be how he thought he came off, because to them, like, it's one, how they came off, how he came off to them. Two, they might not have spoken the language, and they do have something to be fearful for if they're illegal immigrants, because whether he's police or not police, they can still be reported by anybody to ICE and detained. So they could have something to be fearful for, even if they didn't know what he was asking them about.
1: I do, I do understand what you're saying, um... I just, in my opinion, I feel like if they didn't want to engage and didn't want to look suspicious or have anything to be, you know, afraid of, I think that makes them look more guilty than anything, to have them staring straight ahead and not acknowledging him. They could have, they could have driven away, they could have looked at him and shook their heads or said, I don't speak English, whatever. Um... I just think it's very suspicious, odd behavior, that's all. It, it, almost, it almost makes them seem more suspicious to me. Like, if I was trying
0: to not be, um, He was also the only person there to describe that interaction. We obviously can't ask them how they interacted and what the interaction was like. He's the only person. There was nobody else around. He's the only yeah. person that saw that interaction, that was there for that interaction. I'm not saying he's lying, but I'm saying we all have different perspectives and takes on situations when they occur. And I mean, you think about it. You when you sit in a restaurant, sometimes when you see people talking and they look at you, your first assumption is they're talking about you. (laughs) They're probably not talking about you. Yeah. He probably sees these guys. They might have like nodded and he might have missed one of them shaking their head or something. And just assumed they were ignoring him, and the other guy was like, well, my buddy shook his head no, and this guy's still trying to talk to us. He could have missed one of them shaking their heads no. And that was what they thought was sufficient enough, because there are two sides to every story, every encounter. There's
1: three sides to every story. (laughs) Their side, his side, and the truth. That's right. (laughs) So... Okay, spare yeah. analysis, you Brianna. You know I love to
0: play devil's advocate.
1: I know you do. I know you do. And listen, it's appreciated. Yeah. Okay? It's appreciated by the devil. <laughs> 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 but, not, but not Michelle. <laughs> I just... I'm a very, like, intuitive, like, feelings type of person. Mm-hmm. And Brianna's more like cold hard facts, which I yeah, I get that like emotions can play into things and it's not always the best situation. But when I hear like a family member talking about something just didn't seem right with this person and then all the other facts and evidence point toward that person it makes it difficult for me to believe that like to rule that person out and give them excuses. That's all. Yeah. But I mean, devil's advocate,
0: <laughs> you know.
1: I no, I I think the devil would so appreciate you. <laughs> it, it's so tragic, and it's really too bad because those first twenty four hours were so critical, mm-hmm. and they could have. If they were like if she was trafficked or, you know, she was taken against her will, they could have checked the highway um, cameras They could have sealed cameras. off the
0: apartment complex they could have in sealed, my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah. They could have. I mean, they could have done so much in those first 24 hours. And here you have this family saying, like, listen, we're telling you her phone is dead. She didn't show up to work.
0: Something is wrong here. Like, help us. And the other thing. And her idea- car
1: was missing and her
0: keys were missing. Like, well, it was- I was going to say, the other thing with identifying when she was, like, taken specifically, <laughs> because the police were, like, later they tried to say, well, maybe she was taken the day before. But the family had gone in her apartment and they said, one, her wallet, her keys, her phone were gone. Her car was missing. However, since they had driven immediately there, when they got there, there was still water in the shower, like she had taken her shower in the morning. It looked like she had gone through her normal routine, gotten dressed. Nothing was, like, a struggle in the apartment. Her suitcase from coming back from her trip the night before was still in her room. It had been set down. So it looked as if she had gone through her morning routine of getting ready, going to work, because there were signs of, like, the taking the shower in the morning and all these things she normally does. So they tried to explain that to the police as well. And the police was not having it. Which ended up being the police's first premise. Yep. Oh, she had a fight with her Her boyfriend. boyfriend. She's left. She'll come back. Yeah.
1: No, like, no urgency whatsoever, which I understand they have to wait the 24 hours or whatever, but, um... It was, yeah, and, like, they had protocol they had to follow. And, right. you know, now there are, with the elderly and young children, they can override that 24-hour rule because they're high risk. And to me, there there should be something for everyone in between. I, I really Circumstantial. do. Circumstantial. I think the circumstances, I mean, if you have somebody that goes off the grid frequently, then I understand you can't be putting all your resources into every single case that pops up like that. But when you have all this circumstantial evidence and that it just shit doesn't feel right, I imagine like those detectives, like if it was their child, they'd be. They'd also be not wanting to settle for we banging have to down. Wait. Yeah, and I mean, you have to look at it with common sense. Um, and in the beginning, there were so many different theories as to what could have happened, where she could have gone, because her keys and her purse and her car were missing. That was another reason why they were like, okay, maybe she did just take off. If her car and her keys and her phone and her purse were in her apartment and, you know, in her complex and all of that, I can see them thinking, oh, shit. Like, she was taken. Again, mm-hmm. like, something clear, or there was a struggle, evidence of a struggle in the apartment. But it literally looked, like, not one thing was out of place in there. Right. It literally looked like she got dressed, she got ready for the day. She, she probably exited She her locked apartment. her door. Yeah, her and her apartment door was locked, was so locked. she did lock her door. And I think... Well, we we don't what we don't know is what happened between the time she locked her door and the time that that suspect unidentified suspect was seen driving her car to another apartment complex, Mm -hmm. dropping it, sitting in there for 60 seconds, presumably wiping it down, and then leaving it there, walking away. We don't know where the keys went. They were never found. We don't know where her purse, her phone, nothing. And she obviously never got out of the car with them because
0: the second person would have been
1: on camera. And this was all on surveillance footage, Mm -hmm. the dropping of the car. But unfortunately... The person's face was completely covered. It was one of those cameras that took snapshots. It took snaps
0: every three seconds. Terrible. Every th- I know it was 2006, but come on, man. But every three seconds, you think that's a good amount of time. <laughs> but this person, I mean, you probably couldn't repeat it twice no. and get so lucky.
1: Lock- luckiest person in the world. If you're going to... Yeah, if you're going to commit a crime, you you want to be that guy
0: because... It was a black and white camera that took the photos. That's the other thing is it wasn't color, which also is hard because then you have a harder time identifying clothing and hair and all of that, but... When it happened to take the snapshot, you can see the body of the person, but they happened to walk right behind so any in any gate, there's the larger post and then the little post in between. Mm-hmm. This person happened to walk behind the large post, which but, completely
1: like the post and then the rails.
0: Yeah. In between. Them. And it completely obstructed their face each time. The three seconds in the first one, behind the large post. The three seconds the second time it took the photo, large post, and then they exited camera view absolutely insane yeah
1: so i'm gonna pull up the photo here and if you're listening just search jennifer kessie suspect
0: it'll come right these up, photos will so come right crazy. up
1: it's insane so with the black and right black and white cameras um the exposure could also be off so it does appear that the man well we're assuming this is a man um i personally believe that it is but we don't know for sure um but the person looks like they're wearing some type of uniform because they're all white head to toe and then their shoes are black and it appears that they've got
0: like a bun or some kind of hat on but you can also see when you look at it, which was pointed out, that the uh, pants, yeah. specifically, kind of, uh, if you will, like a pair, kind of like a parachute pants, how they tuck in at the bottom and they're tighter fitting on the ankles. But it's like, like
1: elastic
0: at the bottom. Yeah, almost like they tied something around their pant or it was cut that way, but that's also more common in yard work, painting, yeah. things where you're trying to protect your skin from whatever you're working with.
1: Yeah, because I mean this was Orlando. Yes, it was January, but um Orlando's hot any time of the year. <laughs> so this was Orlando um, you know he wasn't wearing shorts and a t-shirt like everyone else at the time and so he's I mean in my opinion he's clearly in some kind of uniform and with the exposure here the guy could be wearing
0: a blue shirt and jeans for all we know we can't I tell. I think y- the one thing they did kind of talk about is that it's, if he's wearing jeans, it's like light jeans. Yeah. Because if they were darker yeah. jeans, it would have had a different contrast. Right. The black to the and shoes. Photos. To the shoes are definitely right. black. So they were more assuming that it was either like white or khaki, mm-hmm. if anything, pants wise. And then that the shirt was white or a lighter color, like a light blue or something.
1: Yeah, and um, you can see he's not actually walking on the sidewalk. He's actually walking on the road. Um, so it it almost appears in the photo like he's walking right beside the gate, but he's really not because when I went there, I saw that sidewalk and standing behind that sidewalk, he looks like he's a good, like, couple feet from the, mm-hmm. from the edge of the curb there. I mean, the man's... The man
0: looks short to me.
1: The FBI. Yeah, yeah,
0: go ahead. So um, that was the other thing is the FBI kind of basing it on his distance from the gate, how tall the gate is, the angle of the camera. They kind of cut it down to a height range, which I believe they said was five. (sighs) POI height. 5.4 5-4
1: to 5 So it was 5-3. The written estimate is 5. 53 five, to 5'5. Five, five. Five. Yeah. And that was by the FBI.
0: And so, then it was revised. So and then it was revised to 5'10. Yeah. So when I was watching it and I on the um, I think it was the first 48 when I was watching the actual clip of the camera footage. When it they said 5-3 to 5-5, I thought to myself, I was like, that's really short. It's
1: probably a woman.
0: And Well, not necessarily that, but it's really hard even using mathematics and angles to be like, this is the specific height of this person because you can't equate for certain things and you can't exactly know how far they were. It's guesstimates.
1: But the FBI also brought in the best of the best to do this calculation. They had their scientists there. And I mean,
0: I was thinking the person looked under five nine.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. But
0: I wasn't thinking they were specifically between 5'3 and 5'5, there's no room for movement out of that.
1: To me, the fact that the FBI estimated 5'3 to 5'5 and then revised it to say, oh, it could be as tall as 5'10. I'm sorry, 5'3 to 5'10, that's quite
0: a jump. You also have to think of what year they came out with that. What year did they come out with the 5'3 to 5'5? What technology did they have available? And then when was it revised to 5'10? Because I don't know when it was revised. I know the original was 5'3 to 5'5, and that's in 2006.
1: Part of how they estimated the height, not only was the um, estimated distance from the gate, it was when the vehicle came in to the parking lot, they estimated the height of the Chevy Malibu that she had, the 2004 Chevy Malibu. And kind of, they did an experiment where they drove it in again to see where the car would have been located in relation to the gate and then use the height of that car to compare it to the height of the person. And that's where they got their numbers from. I just don't understand why it's not more specific. I think that's a pretty wide range
0: I don't know. I still... You can use a car all day long. I still think it's not going to be 100% accurate. And that's a pretty narrow range, in my opinion, for not knowing the exact measurements. Because without knowing the exact measurements, you can definitely go up or down two inches. Yeah.
1: I mean, the... Surveillance footage is the only thing that we have 14 years later, 15 years later. And,
0: again, we say footage, but it's literally (laughs) pictures. It's not. It's not actual
1: recording. It's snapshot images. Right. And, unfortunately, I mean, I always keep hope alive, but 15 years later, I hope that whoever that is is still out there, and I hope that they they slip up or they say something or, you know, because at the end of the day, somebody knows something and that person definitely knows what happened to Jennifer Cassie. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: I think it's odd for there to be no DNA, no witnesses, no pretty much anything, which almost makes me think, is this somebody who has either done this before Mm-hmm. She happened to get a lot of publicity. Her family was very on top of this case. Her family had... They've put in a ton of work over the years, okay. and her family really has. Hold on. Sorry. I have to readjust, and I don't want oh, yeah. it's, to... It's fine. It's perfect with Rosie's okay. snort. Okay. I think in these cases that stay in the media and in the news, like... I think a lot of it sometimes takes family that is that dedicated and refuses to either accept that the police is working on it. Because sometimes when you trust the police and you think, oh, yeah, they're working on it, it's easy to kind of let them do it and check in and be like, oh, they say they're working on it. But... Her family didn't accept that. They were like, well, we need proof. We need evidence. We need to see what you've done. So they didn't really take that, which I think is amazing and good for them, because I think it's part of the reason it stayed so public. And that's what you need for these cases. Otherwise, it's not going to get solved because you have to hope that one day somebody is going to come forward with a tip.
1: Yeah. And... Like, the police department only has so many resources, so when a case goes cold and it's been 15 years and they get a new case with multiple leads on their desk, they're gonna most likely look at that one first. That's priority. However, when you have a family member that's missing, that is all you think about. That is your priority. And... I understand, like, how fresh. No, I, I don't understand, actually. I can only imagine how frustrating that must be for the family. Especially because there's no closure. They truly do not know if she is dead or alive. This poor family, even if, you know, un- if as sad as it is, if she was dead, like, to be able to have her body and give her a proper burial and receive closure and grieve but just imagine not knowing what happened to your child or not knowing what happened to your best friend or your daughter like I I don't know how I would deal with that it's like were they taken were they tortured were they murdered were they raped were they hidden like where the heck are they are they in the country? Are they overseas? Are
0: they in the ocean? Well, like, where are they? Like, I, it- You cannot ever move on with your life in a missing person case. That's just the end of it. Because, again, you do have that what's happened to them, they could still be out there. It's that there's no closure. You can't ever truly give up because what if they are still alive? You think of all these cases where years later people were being held captive yeah. and then they were found jc dugard yeah 18 years right and this has only been 15 i I say only that is a horribly long time but i'm saying compared to the 18 years that's three more years that this family could think what if she's another jc dugard three more years maybe maybe we'll find her
1: what if she's stuck in some creeps basement three blocks over Right, And we'll, you know, she'll be there for another 20 years and we don't know. Like, it's insane. How many, you, you know what else is a weird thought? It's one of these weird thoughts that I have in my weird brain. <laughs> How many homes have, like, people held captive in them?
0: Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we just talk about that. Isn't that crazy to think you could be one of those people that passes by? Your child stops to sell Girl Scout cookies to this person. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> <Tsh, tsh. coughs> Seriously, bro. what the fuck? Your child stops to sell Girl Scout cookies and, meanwhile, little do you know, somebody in the basement. That's horrifying. my <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying because, like, you could go up to any house at any given time. I was trying to think of people that go to people's houses, and I thought of Girl Scouts. That was my first off, because yay Girl Scout cookies, shout out.
1: <laughs> yeah. In Canada, they're called Girl Guides. Oh. And um, we don't have quite the selection you guys do.
0: Well, this is America. Everything's bigger, better, and sweeter. And probably likely to make you gain 10 more pounds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is America. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so we did get off track once again. Okay, so there are many different theories about what happened to Jennifer. There was a disgruntled co-worker who was upset that you know, she wouldn't date him. He was obsessed with her. He was obsessed. Like it borderline stalked him mm-hmm. or stalked her and was coincidentally across the street from her apartment complex. At a bar. The night she went missing. Drinking. Okay. We're not accusing him of anything. We're just giving you the facts. Okay. Moving on. Boyfriend
0: was number one suspect.
1: Boyfriend is always number one suspect. He was two hours away, though. However, can we talk about the fact that regardless of whether he was two hours away, this is super strange to me. They had a huge fight on the phone the night she went missing. Yeah, I do Well, sorry, not the night. So... She supposedly went missing in the morning. That's what everyone is assuming happened
0: because... Because of the parents going in and right. recognizing that the, the clothes things from her were gone yeah. had been done based on what yeah. they saw in her apartment. Like, she had had a shower. She had done her makeup, et cetera. Yeah. However, Her she, makeup stuff was on the counter right. instead of being in her bag that she had packed on the trip, which was still sitting packed.
1: She very well could have, though, just, just throwing this theory out there. She could have had her shower at night, okay? Listen, and I... on makeup,
0: gone to the bar that the creepy...
1: No, I'm not saying that. ...ex was at? I'm saying she could have come home. I mean, she's unpacking, you know, shits everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's unpacking from her trip. She knows she has to go to work in the morning. And she could have had her shower at night, gone to bed, because um, her bed had been slept in. Something could have happened. Someone could have knocked on her door. Some Someone could have called her and she had gone outside. I don't mm-hmm. know. But there have been times where I've taken a shower at night and in the morning... There could still be water droplets on... I mean, she could have taken the shower at 1 or 2 in the morning. We don't know. For sure. You know, and then she's supposed to be at work at, like, 6 or 7 in the morning, let's say. It's not that long. You can have water droplets behind your shampoo bottles and, you know, on your shower curtain hours later. Um, You know, and I'm just thinking... We don't know for a fact that she did leave in the morning. The thing that makes me think she did leave in the morning was that she had told her mom about these like snakeskin printed heels that she was gonna wear that day to work. Oh, that's right. And they were missing. Right. And so her mom was like, Well, she obviously put these on to go to work today. She because obviously she told dressed me she herself. Was going to. Yeah. And she was excited about this outfit, these <laughs> shoes. I mean, Again, she could have gone to that bar. Right. She very well could have. She was a 24 year old independent woman. She could have done whatever the heck she wanted. She didn't have to tell anybody where she was going you know so and I she mean, yeah. just had a fight with her boyfriend mind you so she was probably heated she was probably like yeah. screw this i'm putting on my makeup i'm getting my cute heels on and i'm going out and it's nighttime and it's dangerous but i don't care and
0: that is a possibility it is i think with the way her family describes her it's hard to think she wouldn't have even invited a girlfriend out to go with her for oh, yeah, safety for purposes sure. first sure. no i agree uh, with that so i think that's the only yeah. in my opinion like issue with that theory is because if i'm gonna go out and i'm mad at my boyfriend first thing i'm doing is texting my girlfriends yeah i'm like he sucks let's (laughs) get margaritas you know (laughs) like that's what i'm doing i'm texting my girlfriends at least if i'm telling them that i'm going somewhere like i'm gonna be mad so i'm gonna text them you know i'm not just gonna like (laughs) Be mad by myself, and then go out by myself, and not say anything to any of my friends. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, that's the odd part with that theory.
1: It is, and I, I genuinely do not believe that she did that. I, I think she was far too safety conscious, and I mean, she had a good head on her shoulders. She was an an intelligent woman, and um, you know, unfortunately, and very, very tragically. her last words exchanged with her boyfriend were not nice ones, you know, and he probably feels terrible about that every day. Um, you know, they had this argument. We don't know the extent of it, but um, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him too. And what you know, what the police made him do? They, yeah, I was gonna bring that up because that is just <laughs> okay. That gets me. It is. It is pretty tragic. But Ugh. the thing is, is that he, as the boyfriend, is a viable suspect, they didn't set that up. They didn't set that scenario up. They just made sure that he was there. So basically what we're talking about is the police found her car, and before they opened the trunk, invited her boyfriend down to the scene where the car was um, to kind of gauge his behavior and the reaction to the opening of the trunk. So don't hate us, but we've got to stop it right there for this week. Thanks again, you guys, for listening. If you guys have um, any theories or comments about the case, we're going to post some photos on our Instagram page that you can check out some of the photos we referenced in this podcast. Um, This, again, is going to be a two-part, possibly three-part episodes, so um, come back next week to find out what happens with the car. Um, we're going to go over that in a little bit more detail next week and pick up uh, from from right here, from where we left off. Jennifer Kessie's family tip line is 941-201-4409, and... Through her website, jenniferkessie.com, you can find more information and resources, including a link to their GoFundMe page to help with um, costs associated with the investigation. And please continue to pray for the family, share with your family and friends, talk about the story, and hopefully we can put an end to this 15-year mystery and bring closure to the Kessie family. So have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Stay sexy, stay great, and and don't don't end up on the first 48. 48.